Hey, Andrew. What's up, Riley? Uh, do you want to make a podcast? God, you know, I would, but what would you want it to be about? It's a new year, new me, Andrew. I'm decided. I'm looking at my my podcatcher, and there's so many podcasts on here. And, and all of them are bad, yeah. Yeah, I realize I don't listen to a lot of them. They're just there taking mm-hmm. up space. I listen to like mm-hmm. three shows, and that those three shows cycle. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely feel you. So I need to cut down on these. I need to cut down on the podcasts in here to make room for the podcasts that we're going to do. And mm-hmm. I think our listeners will need to do that, too. So I bring to you the suggestion from uh, at four, four whole moons, uh, Theodore Monk, the podcast Annihilation Tournament. Ooh. There's too many of these fuckers. Too many podcasts. We have to have to break them down. Now, what do you think is the solution here? What is it? What is your first first gut instinct when you hear that title? So what was give me the title one one other one more time? The podcast Annihilation Tournament. Okay, so uh, first of all, you're gonna want to suggest a bracket, which I, I guess we got to do. Um, I'm um, I'm trying. I'm New Year, New Me. I'm trying to step away. I'm trying to. I'm okay. Trying to okay. Back away I'm from here, brackets. I'll facilitate a rebranding. If we want to unbrand from brackets, that sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> An entire p- podcast about unbranding me. <laughs> but I wait. Hold on. We've already done a queer eye thing. But like, imagine if you will. <laughs> Mm, yeah, let's let's put a pin in in a podcast about rebranding ourselves. I like that idea, but I, I do think we need to dig down into this tournament thing. Mm-hmm. My worry with this is that uh, there are so many tournaments and mm-hmm. or there are so many podcasts, and uh, there are so many of them that are bad. And I don't mm-hmm. mean bad in that like oh, well, it's bad in multiple ways. You can be bad in so many ways for yeah, podcasting. Some of the ways you can be bad are even good. So mm-hmm, like. Mm-hmm. Podcasts are, are so weird in that regard. Um, there, golly, be, how do we get rid of every corporate podcast in one go? I mean, it's really, I think step one. I, I think the first question on here, the first like the first sweeping move we make with our with our genie like powers over the cons- the the all podcasting is like mm-hmm. maybe it maybe it <laughs> simply. <laughs> we can't be if you make this amount of money you don't get to podcast anymore because we want to make that money we want that money so we can't once it all goes away we'll need it to come to us and then we don't right. want to be on mm-hmm. the cutting floor so we have to think think smarter about this that's the big reason you hate corporate podcasts is because like i just want what they have yes 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 maybe maybe the thing we do and we're you know some some smaller podcasts are getting caught in this too but people who don't know how to host, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I think that, you know, as much as it shames me and on in some levels it's sad to say, like, well, a lot of people are out of here. But, like, if you don't know how to host, you're gone. That that, that sounds good to me. Sometimes yep. you got to you gotta, you gotta keep a gate somewhere, you know, Riley? Mm-hmm. Exactly. They have gatekeepers for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Like, gatekeeping is fine, actually. It's great. We all That's love it. That's our stance. <laughs> as... As two people that host a podcast whose job is to make fun of other podcasts, like at some point we are watching the gate. Exactly. We that we, is what we do. We sit here at the gate. You you walk up and and you know there's these large fences, this this stone wall with the gate, and you and I sit on either side of it in our comfy lazy boy recliners, and we just judge. We pass judgment. We we give someone a chance to host. I think this is it. And do we do we. I guess this is a point. Are we going to people's house and judging them? Are we judging their podcast directly? Or are we just, and they're gone? 
is this I mean, this is the Annihilation podcast. Uh-huh. So I in my heart, I would like to do like a uh, queer eye for the podcaster guy. Uh just to like say, hey, oh. let's listen to your podcast and let's just do like free tune up. This is uh mm-hmm, um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ty Pennington going in and saying like uh, you know, podcatcher, move that pod, and gotcha. boom, here's your new podcast. We've <laughs> that, improved. I think we've done this before. We now have done this, this exactly before. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you knew okay. the name Ty Pennington. And you had to be like, how do I know the name Ty Pennington? It's like, oh, because I brought him up <laughs> on this podcast before. But I, I but I do think, uh, you know what? We need to embrace our role as villains. This is the Annihilation turn. Uh-huh. This, this is the Annihilation podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, we're not here to make friends with yep. the podcast. We're here to say... Uh, no, and pass judgment mm-hmm. and get them out of here. Yep, so, Boosh, gone. In dust in the wind. Ooh, you know what it is? Here's mm-hmm. what it is. I think uh, instead of it being... We're thinking too easy if we go and look at whole podcasts on their own and do this. Oh, oh, you're saying if somebody on the podcast meets this criteria, you're all gone? No, I think that what we do is we we approach random people on the street... Mm-hmm. And we say, hi, what's your podcatcher of choice? Okay. And then they show us, and I've got my own opinions about which ones you should be using. But mm-hmm. when they show us the list, we go through and we say, this one's bad for these reasons. You're out of here. Oh, We so- pass judgment on people <laughs> okay. based on their feeds. So we, we it is a, it is a again, podcast is a weapon. We are going and we are disarming people from their bad podcasts. We are taking those from them and saying, you cannot listen to this anymore. <laughs> Exactly. You know, if you have a podcast that is, uh, you've got a business podcast with entrepreneurial tips hosted by a former Navy SEAL, it's gone. Gone. Uh, If you've got a podcast in there that is... um, I'm trying to think of another way. I mean, a, a, a true crime about something that happened four years ago. Yeah, if you've got a, a yeah, if you've got a true crime podcast with a pun in the title, out of here, mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you've got anything hosted by like NPR, you're probably gone. Probably gone. That's yeah, see, there, that's why there's a lot of there's a lot of flex space here, and I think this is good because we are being villains in this. This is this. If is, I recognize the name of a host of one of the shows for any reason that isn't podcasting related, mm, gone, gone, vomit up, destroyed from space this is great i like this idea do you have another suggestion for me though can we uh you know new year new me you i i've been hostile for years i need something i need another option here (laughs) sure 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 sure. uh you know what we need to um the only good kind of podcast is uh media revisitation podcasts that's Uh what i've always said absolutely uh so i want to hit you with uh this one comes to us from my good friend at co-host germs who tweeted and said (laughs) A gas station TV rewatch podcast. So you're so those little TVs that are at the gas station, and when I go to fill up my car, it's like now happening in New York, and I'm like, I'm not in New York. Leave me alone. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's every time you pull up to the pump, there's someone who is like a step above an Instagram model who's ready to like <laughs> tell you some entertainment headline and be like, "Have you heard? There's a new Spider Man." Like I have. Can you believe it? <laughs> I think our job is to watch them. We watch the watchers and say, what's up here? <laughs> I like this idea a lot because there is, um, I'm sure like those have to loop. So how do you think that's a five minute clip? Do you think that's a 10 minute clip? How long do you think that is? 
I don't know. I do know that I, uh, when I've pulled up to the pump, um, I used to keep a Twitter thread going because they had like a word of the day. And I felt like every time I pulled up to the pump, I saw a, I saw a word of the day. And, you know, I'm not Mm -hmm. dawdling at the pump. I'm I'm pulling up. I'm filling my tank. I'm getting out. So the fact that that pops up within my, like, let's say, like, seven minutes at the pump, I'll go there. Um, The fact that it pops up every time is notable. Mm -hmm. B, I never saw it repeat twice, which means that the the thing's got to be longer than seven minutes. That's a gimme. Mm -hmm. But C... It was never the same word. Well, there's a lot of and words. That's what gave me pause. Like, is it? Do you think was it just a word, or did it give extra information, or was it like? It was a word in the definition, but like when you pull up, how how, how like I, the world's weird now. So like, if you asked me how often I went to the gas station, I would laugh because I have not pulled up at a gas station in months. Uh, to fill up my car. It sat in my parking lot for a long time. Um, but in the before times, I would say you, you don't fill up your car every day, right? No, the car fills up maybe once every week and a half, two weeks. You live in the city. I live in... Like, I, 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 I don't live in a city. I live in... I live, Naperville's a city, but it is a driving city. I just have a very nice fuel-efficient car. Shout out to you, the sure, Honda Fit. Okay. I love you. I would say I filled my car maybe twice a week. Twice a week. I yeah. I drove how, into. I, how far I, did you drive to work? Uh, I would drive. So <laughs> when I was doing that, I was driving maybe uh, forty minutes to and from work every day. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Nowadays it's about twenty, but like I still I, fill up. I yeah. I tw- drive eight minutes to work, so like I I and that's on a long trip, so I I see how the our our frames of reference are different here. How long do you think a gas station TV gets along with using the same footage? I mean, forever, I, like forever, because a because no one's no one's looking, nobody no one's is processing looking. what's happening there. It's it's like the like I'm sure if I went to a, if a I went to a movie theater and b I went to a movie theater early enough I would get like a a vid, one of those like people talking you know mm-hmm. like here's some facts about a movie and they'd still be telling me things from 2006 because nobody has changed the reels on those bad boys, but right. like. I, I have to imagine they can get away with it for about a month. I think they change weekly. I think it's a. You, t- you think, I think gas it's station a, TVs change weekly? I think it's a five to ten minute loop, and I think it changes weekly. Do you think they had multiple words of the day just to trick fools like me? No, because what I think that is, is I think they're just pulling a word and a definition, right? If there's not talking to it, that's easy peasy, baby. Like, that's just mm-hmm. like, boop pops up like they're just like they have a big spreadsheet somewhere every time a word is chosen it gets sliced through and then eventually after they cut through like maybe like six two years worth of words 600 words and the entire dictionary they put them back in or maybe they don't even do that maybe they just roll the dice maybe it's simply just like they roll the dice and it's like sometimes you can get a word of the same thing two days in a row but that's like when you shuffle music and you get two dance gavin dance songs back to back Sure. Hmm. I think we need to camp out at a gas station and get to the bottom of this. And I think that we need to make a podcast talking about it. I like I like this idea because this is, we have a lot of like investi- investigation here. We have a lot of getting in and picking up fun information. And I think this is great. Now, let's I do think we should wait till the summer to start this one up because it's Island cold. Michigan, it's it's cold. And it's <laughs> fucking cold outside. Yeah, I don't. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't I'm want cuddled to up with a blanket that. right now to record. <laughs> 
<laughs> Andrew, can I tell you something? Hit me. I uh, I'm seeing my typing on my waveform, and it's dealing me such damage. <laughs> to see every time I click my little keyboard, I see like a a little bumpy. It is killing yep. me. Welcome that- to mechanical keyboarding. Hello, here <laughs> is my typing. Here is my typing. Listener, if you can guess what kind of switches Andrew and I have in our keyboards, <laughs> I will send you $3. <laughs> I edit that out for Argonauts because there's a lot of times where I have to Google, like, what's a basic word that I should know off the top of my head? I'm about to try and make a point, but I do need to make a very rudimentary Google search to make sure I'm not an idiot first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to make sure that people don't think I'm a fucking goober. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we're waiting for it to warm up for that 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 new show, uh, what do you have for me? Do you have another have, podcast in the tank? I have a suggestion here that's from Cello Buster, and I'm going to bounce off of this. Uh, Cello, uh, they write in and go, a podcast where you call up a random guest each episode and try to get them to get you in touch with Kevin Bacon within six steps. And I'm interested in what this means for podcasting. Like, I want to, like, the, the six degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. What mm-hmm. is the podcast equivalent of that? Who's who podcasting's you, Kevin Bacon? Who who do you think is connectable in that way? Because I can think of like, because what you and I are, and it's guested on a show with right. somebody. So you and I are, we are the one separate from us is Saker from uh uh, uh um it's all been done, and then one separate from Saker is Justin McElroy, and one separate from Justin is uh fucking is Austin Walker. Like we can get pretty far up the chain. So the question is like No, hold on, hold on. Where do Austin and uh where do Austin and Justin connect? Uh ju- they were both on a recording of a uh of a kind of like a what the fuck was it? It was like a let's talk about role playing games. Uh for Was that uh, released as a podcast or just as a YouTube video? I believe it was released as a podcast. It, does it have to be a public feed? Yes. Okay. 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 Now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. So are we? I, yeah. So I think we need to figure out who's who's our Kevin Bacon. Is it actual Kevin Bacon? Does hold on? Does Kevin Bacon have a podcast? Has Kevin Bacon ever guessed on a podcast? Because this would be very funny. Kevin Bacon podcast. I typed, "Does Kevin Bacon have?" And Google popped up kids, and I said, "Fuck you." <laughs> the Corp. Kevin Bacon, critically acclaimed actor, joins the show to talk about his successful career in Hollywood spanning four decades. All right. So, yes, here he is. It's a it's a, a it's hosted by Alex Rodriguez and Barstool Big Cat. It's a Barstool Sports production. <laughs> so that we Kevin can get Bacon has a podcast called The Last Degree of Kevin Bacon. That's very funny. That's a funny title, and it is a funnier die production. So this is interesting. Do people who work on this show count, or is it just the voices that we hear on the show? I think it'd be voices that we hear on the show. So, so this means that Kevin Bacon is on a podcast. Yes, has his own. So we're connecting to this one. We have to, and this is challenging because I imagine that this is mostly a. Is this other celebrities on here, do you think? Kevin Bacon, Matt Walsh, uh, the good Matt Walsh, uh, Kyra Sedgwick, Lamorne Morris, Michaela Watkins, Terry Gross, 
Josh Rubin, Lucy okay. DeVito, Josh Fatum. No other names that I'm like really recognizing. Okay. Who is Matt Walsh? Uh, and so why, Matt why Walsh. You clarify is a, the good one. <laughs> the good. So the good Matt Walsh is a comedian who you would recognize from like just a bunch of shows. He was. Um, my immediate go-to for him is that he plays the, uh, the guy that the guy with the trampoline in Community. Okay. Um, yes. 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 Oh, you know yes. I know this face. I know this face. Yes. Yeah, he's the guy. You've seen him in everything. Um, mm-hmm. You wouldn't know who he is. Uh, there's also a Matt Walsh. He's like a conservative fucker. Well, that's a that's a shame for for Matthew. Yeah, uh, Matt Walsh was in Veep. Uh, like, if you've seen a comedy, you've seen Matt Walsh. So the hardest thing here is going to be from like breaking from this group of like actors and comedians. We need to find the lowest rung comedian on here, and then use that to branch to hopefully another comedian. You know what I mean? See, I I think I think you're thinking too low because I think from here, we're, I'm reverse engineering uh, Kevin Bacon separation. I'm listening. I think that I think that from this podcast we've got two hop on points because the people that I recognize immediately there are probably others. Um, if I actually took time to do the research, mm-hmm. but Terry Gross is the host of Fresh Air. Okay. For NPR. All right, all right, all right. And how do we get out of the Terry Gross ecosystem as far as podcasters go? I think we just need to find someone who's like guested into the NPR ecosystem. Okay. Okay. And from there you meet Terry Gross. Same with Matt Walsh. I feel like Matt Walsh, if you find what podcast Matt Walsh has been on, if they are podcasts that take LA based comedians as guests, they're all connected because that's all LA based comedians do is eat hot chip guest on podcasts and lie. Okay. Here we are. Okay, ten minute listen is on. Uh, is on. Uh, is a fucking NPR thing. Is this a podcast? It is. The McElroy brothers have been there on NPR. So that okay. boom. Now we're in. Now we're in. So if so we have, we, where's my yeah. fucking pen? <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Though have. I've never been on a podcast with Saker. Have you? I have. Okay. So you connect to Saker. Saker connects to Justin McElroy. Justin McElroy connects where? Justin McElroy connects into 10-minute listen on NPR. And so who who hosts this? Who hosts this thing? Ophira Eisenberg. Ophira Eisenberg, Terry Gross. Yes, here we are. Check in American citizen. No, no. Where is, is do they not cross over? Does Terry Gross and, and <laughs> a fire Eisenberg not cross over? This is where things get tough. It is, but we could there is a connection here. I know it. Attending networking events. They were at a networking event together, but that's different. We have the connection. It's just a matter of getting to Terry from Ophira. It's yeah. It's just a matter of like us finding it, and I'm sure that if we took the time to do it, we could. So it sounds like we've got a connection of six degrees. Is that right? Are you are you the sixth degree all the way back to to Kevin? Uh, you'd Kevin. I guess you to Saker is. Oh, that's one, isn't it? Terry. Uh, so Ke- Terry for you, it's X. Saker is one degree. Ophira to Justin, Justin to Saker. Ten 
to Riley. Terry to Kevin. So that's five. So one, yeah, I'd, two, I'd have six three, degrees four, to Kevin five, Bacon. Six. You, so I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm counting seven degrees for me. Hmm. No, wait, I'm counting myself. I'm six degrees. Sorry. Because okay. I'm counting an X in between Terry and Ophira because I don't know how they connect. But I'm sure with one extra person I could. You want to know something funny? <laughs> I would love to. I'm sure our listeners would love to hear something funny. <laughs> Please, after all this, I would love anything funny. Um, I'm closer related to Kevin Bacon through uh, being in movies than I am in podcasts. <laughs> uh, because I was an extra in a movie uh, which had a guy in it who was too away from Kevin Bacon. Okay. All right. All right. All right. That's fucking cool. So uh, that's a thing. I'm sure. Check out Hitting the Nuts, an improvised comedy <laughs> movie about illegal <laughs> underground poker tournaments. Oh, boy. <laughs> improv, huh? Improv. Speaking I know of improv. Do you got something funny to hit me with? I know improv is what we do, but something about it, like. <laughs> Gives me a fight or flight response. <laughs> yeah, I host a weekly improvisational comedy show. Um, but if anyone asked me, like, do you want to come to my improv show? I would just like, uh, I would, yeah, immediately fight. I am looking at a uh, suggestion right I used here. to teach improv comedy. In, you used to theater. teach? You used to teach improv comedy? You're very to... funny. But like, I... <laughs> just want i want to i want to like break into this you used to teach i worked at cincinnati playhouse in the park when i was in high school uh i guess was i no i wasn't in high school i would have been in college when i was in college over the summers i worked at cincinnati playhouse in the park and Mm -hmm. worked as a uh like a like camp counselor essentially um Mm -hmm. but like our theater camp was like here are your four classes and i will help the teachers teach these classes so like i've helped teach and worked with like second city improv people uh to teach people improv at in cincinnati that's sick that's fucking cool saying i've taught improv makes it sound loftier than it is but like (laughs) well it doesn't make it it sound loftier i am i'm I'm saying it to sound bigger than it is so here we are (laughs) so it's all in service of something you know exactly okay so my suggestion here is um a (laughs) <laughs> fuck i really need another suggestion i'm scrolling up and down through these there's so many of them and i know i've looked through and like that's a good suggestion now i've forgotten every single one that i've ever come across can i hit you i'm just gonna do it andrew my suggestion is from at ancient chaos uh this is the okay. parasocial relationship breakup podcast what is a podcast where you set enough boundaries <laughs> that someone's like i don't want to f- i i'm not I don't think I can be friends with this person anymore. How do you think you alienate somebody that hard? What do you think is the the goal? Uh, B Max Temkin, because that worked for me. <laughs> all right, all right. So we got one that happened to me. So you know, there we go. If <laughs> it happens to everyone, you know, we all. I also have a person that I, I parasocially broke up with. Yeah, we don't we don't want this to be like this this isn't the like podcast you listen to before the hosts get canceled. Mm-hmm. Um because we're hosting it and we'll never get canceled. Yeah. Um, I've never done anything wrong. Yeah. And be like I don't want that energy for a show. Mm-hmm. 
but what is just like do we bring people on like we so you can't i mean the 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 problem let me get mm-hmm. i'll get let me get lofty and get on my high horse here okay. the problem is that you cannot exist in this kind of a space without mm-hmm. creating a parasocial relationship mm-hmm. that is just like the fact of the matter um yes. like to the point that like parasocial relationships people talk about them in regards to like youtubers and stuff like that nowadays but it was started with like the fucking radio like radio show hosts you know mm-hmm. um where it is quite literally just like a relationship you have with someone that doesn't know that you exist is like the bare bones definition i feel like that gets a little weirder when you start actively cultivating that you're trying to get people to have a have that relationship and not just having it happen naturally in a way that like helps your work it's it's weird because like parasocial relationships are so like directly responsible for how for becoming successful in doing entertainment in the way that we want to do entertainment Mm -hmm. but like well and it's the only way that our show exists it is it is and so like the only way to then like you don't want to be a person that cultivates saying cultivating a parasocial relationship sounds bad but like I am aware that like it is it happens and I'm just like how do you well, how I, do you is this show deciding when enough is enough? Maybe? I don't know. Cuz I, hmm. I I will say I don't think that like I don't think I they're think always the phrase, bad. The phrase cultivating a parasocial No, they're not they're not for not always bad cuz like a parasocial relationship can be just as simple as like it's just as simple as oh, I like this actor on TV. Oh, I know Matt Walsh. He's the guy that was in. Uh, he's the guy that was the janitor in Community. No one's mm-hmm, gonna mm-hmm. say that. Like Matt Walsh is not gonna turn around and say, oh, I know Andrew Sherman. He's that podcaster. Like mm-hmm. you could probably say at some level the act of knowing about a person or having seen or heard of a person forges even the world's mm-hmm. tiniest parasocial relationship. Yeah. If in the, not in immediately like, reciprocated. In like the sense of like, as I work at my job and I see customers daily, I have a parasocial relationship with a Mr. J, the very nice man who comes in and brings us donuts every once in a while. I I we I feel that is a guy that I'm friends with, and he doesn't probably know me directly. That's a parasocial relationship. Para- I mean, you might develop it into something parasocial, but I don't think that that's like parasocial because like mm-hmm. he knows you exist. That's it the is guy a, from the bank. Yeah, that is a social relationship. It's I, a weak its social core. relationship, but like it is one. Is it just like hearing stories of your cousin talk about one of their friends and going like, yeah, that I've person got a sounds social cool. relationship with my cousin's buddy, Doug. Like, <laughs> <laughs> me and Doug are tight. Oh, yeah, I know Doug. We go way back. Well, you even get into like weird stuff where it's like in high school. You could say that my parents had a parasocial relationship with my friends because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they didn't mm-hmm. come over and hang out. But I would say, yeah, this is there's, you know, my friend Skylar. She does this, you know. Hell, you could say you have a parasocial relationship in like high school. You have a parasocial relationship with like cousins you barely see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
like they only exist through stories that your parents tell you and so yeah my 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 grandfather's brother mhm it fascinating and so this is already like i've been i've read a lot of articles uh, about like are parasocial relationships directly good or directly bad? And obviously the answer is no, they are not either, but they are some mix of the two. And it's just, it is so interesting to to consider them in this way, right? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I hate to be the cliche person that's like, well, it's not, you don't hate X, you hate capitalism. But mm-hmm. like, kinda, you don't hate parasocial relationships, you hate capitalism. You hate that, like, yeah. the fact that someone makes it easy to forge a parasocial relationship with them and puts themselves out there and in a place where that's readily available is profitable for them. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, are, there, are they encouraging you to, like, overly devote you, themselves to you in a fictional context? Kind of, but also not really. There is a personal level that comes involved in that, too. Mm-hmm. That's a complicated answer, but, like... It's not the relationship that's the problem, quote unquote. It's the transactional nature that can exist within it, right? I think so. I I think that Andrew. I think that one thing that we do to each other that is a disservice is I think we consider this a comedy podcast, and I I think that it is more of a discussion on podcasts as a whole that is funny. That is funny, and I think with that in mind, I think we're doing great. I think that that's the kindest way of telling me that I haven't told a joke in over five minutes. So maybe we should jump to a different topic. I need a joke. That's the thing. I can't think of a joke. I'm just like, I'm having an interesting discussion about the nature of podcasting. And I think that's good. I think that there's like, there's a degree of which you walk into the podcast bar as our listener and you see me and Andrew, we're sitting at the, we're sitting at the bar itself talking and you just, you know, we'll talk to you. We'll, you'll listen. And then you'll go away like, damn, that was the, what funny, funny fucking people. They got a lot of good thoughts in there. Our, like, our listeners walk into the podcast bar and they say, what'd you dig up today? And we say, <laughs> cold again. Get ready for a conversation. And they go, oh, man. I don't think they go, oh, man. I'll say I go to a different bar. Rubies. <laughs> they go to a different bar if they got in Ruby talk. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I just don't, I don't got, I don't have jokes in me right now you know andrew i got observations this is a new new year new me i'm done being funny i'm not funny anymore i've decided this right now (laughs) (laughs) i've got thank you thank you for letting me know 30 minutes into our inaugural (laughs) podcast for the year I'm Uh-oh. sick of Riley's jokes. done with jokes. <laughs> I'm done being funny. I'm the fucking smart one now. I have <laughs> observations and shit. I can, I'm sitting here going like, mm, I think therefore I am. And damn it, I am, Andrew. <laughs> hit, me, hit me with one of your observations, Riley. Tell me an observation. Yeah, yeah one of my observations is like... Uh, <laughs> The first thing that came into my head was airplane food, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And that's observational comedy. Shit, I'm stuck. (laughs) (laughs) One of the observations I have is that every day at work, uh, we have a new person in at work. And um, the other day, they were like, oh, you seem like you're good with people. And I'm like, 
I think that. But I think if you once you're here long enough, you're going to join the rest of these fuckers and thinking that I'm a clown. <laughs> I hear a laugh from one of my coworkers, one of those real laughs of like, yep, you are a clown. And I was like, see, I jingle with a pleasing tune. <laughs> I, am, I am obnoxious as all get out. The people don't like me. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, I've been here for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, don't worry. It's fine. You're good. What's the opposite of growing on someone? <laughs> don't worry. You'll sour on me. Sour. Yeah, that's going to age like milk is souring. <laughs> to, circle, oh. to circle back, to put it into business speak, uh, what <laughs> is the parasocial relationship breakup podcast? I think that it is having like it is a interview podcast but it is an interview podcast directly of like hey like let's talk about how you form boundaries and then like we talk at length and then we also talk about how has that like been hard or what have been things that pushed on those i you, you just have somebody slowly draw the lines on the room around them and then like they go okay bye and you have to you listen to that and go like huh I think that recontextualized things. I don't think that works. You don't? No, because I think that the uh, when that happens, the end result of that is Bo Burnham, who um, <laughs> fair spends every waking moment of his special saying, hi, please don't idolize me and put me on a pedestal. I'm not as good as the people that you have around you who you should form relationships with. And then people listen to that and go, wow, he's so smart and insightful. He's the best. I love Bo Burnham. <laughs> you know I guess I mean? you're right. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. They're just like, wow, this person's so genuine and I'm his best friend. <laughs> exactly. I'm smart enough to get Bo Burnham. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm saying this, like, I'm saying this as someone, I'm a fan of Bo Burnham. I like Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. I think he's right about a lot of shit. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But like, it is weird watching people like, there, there. He said once in like a podcast inter- or an interview for something. I don't remember what the interview was, and it's been a while, so I can't like quote it directly. But he said something along the lines of like, "It's weird that people talk about like, look how real Bo is being with this last bit of my comedy special, because I'm being real the whole time. Mm-hmm. It is a real desire for me to go up on stage and make people laugh." That desire is just as real to me and being a human being as the desire is to, like, get up on stage and saying, like, hey, don't be weird about us. Mm-hmm. Those are equally real things, but people only treat you as being real when you're sad and serious. That is very interesting. And it's like, that's a line we should draw, too, because, like, you can look at the person when they're being, like, real, quote unquote, real and, you know, dour but like putting in the work to do a thing is showing your a, a real part of yourself too. Yeah, like even if that thing is being a goofball. Performing does have a latent act of connection and a latent act of like it is a heightened version of yourself, but it is fun to be that heightened version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like playing on stage, like when I played in bands more often, like it is something that is like oh, like, this fucking rules, and I can, like, 
do what I want to do at the at the highest possible energy. I get to play for people and I get to play with people and that shit rules. But it's not like I was like, all right, time to putting on the music face today. It's a it's a it is it is like it was just something that was innate that happened. Mm -hmm. I also think it's a little disingenuous to be like. Hey there, fans, don't have a parasocial relationship with me. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, but also, please. (laughs) It's yeah. Also donate to my Patreon. Like I I, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not even to be like flippant and weird about that, but like. I, I see a lot of people that like actively push against it, but it's like I'm making a brand as the anti-parasocial relationship guy. And I think that I have done this a bit myself to an extent of just like mm-hmm. I'll retweet things about parasocial relationships when they pop up just because like there's always a good reminder. But like, I don't know. I I There are some people that like take that a bit too far in a realm that I'm just like. You're just like making this another thing to grip onto your brand about. That's, I've been thinking a lot about brands specifically and how we how or how we refer to ourselves as having a brand. Like that happened, I feel like so quickly. Like it just like we just we we all adopted it in because like yes, we are trying to market ourselves. Therefore, we are trying to brand ourselves. Therefore, we are trying to do this. Like I understand how it happened. But I'm yeah. just like, I've been so cognizant of it recently and the way that we are like pitching ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, that's the part I of, of the whole parasocial thing that is like most intriguing slash concerning for me is boiling, is trying to find like, oh, I need to do this thing because it is my brand. You know what I mean? And like even varying the shit you do, right? You are still gonna get stuff messaged from you to you for a while about your brand, about like Bionicle or some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you do one Bionicle show and then that's your thing. But like I don't know if that's a bad thing, but I do know it is a thing that I'm aware of because I'm like, I haven't had a thought about Bionicle in years, but I am mm-hmm. handed stuff about it. And I don't think that's wrong for people to do because I think it's funny and I have the context for it now. Do you have, when, when you were a kid, did you Mm -hmm. ever tell your, my, my version of this, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say my version of this. And then I'm asking, do you have something like this? Um, When I was a kid, I told my parents that my favorite animal was a giraffe. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that was ever necessarily like super true. Like I liked giraffes enough, but like I think I saw a giraffe once was like, wow, that one's my favorite. And then like two minutes later, I saw another animal and was like, that one's my favorite now. But I like never said that part out loud. Uh huh. And so every so often after saying that, I got a giraffe rated a giraffe related thing for Christmas or my birthday or whatever <laughs> to the point that like I have a giraffe Christmas ornament on my Christmas tree and I haven't really consciously thought about giraffes since I was 11. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Sam is the same way with penguins where <laughs> we have a lot of shit in our house that is penguin themed because Sam liked penguins as a kid and so people started getting her penguin shit. <laughs> Do you have mm-hmm. something like that? 
I know my or wife is it just does. Bionicles. I, I know I know my wife does, and my wife for my wife it's Goofy, like like the the Disney character Goofy. <laughs> she has so much Goofy shit, and she's like, I don't like him that much, but I do have eight Goofy mugs and a ton of different Goofy stuffed animals from when I was growing up. Uh huh. For me, the the thing about me where this intersects is it might just be like a sad thing. <laughs> Like anything that I remember from from that young is just gone. You know what I mean? Just like sure. I a I don't own her anymore, and b I have no record of it. C I have no way of remembering of like anything before like thirteen is all like boop deleted on my brain. Okay, and so like I I don't know. I know I know what it is now. I know I get messages about Beyblade, a game I've never played. Uh, and <laughs> and a, I have never touched a Beyblade. I've never been around a Beyblade. I would love to. I think, you know, it looks fun. Never touched it. Uh, I get that about the bouncer. It's a lot of BB&B shit. Because, again, BB&B was, very, it was impactful and then hit notes. So focused that then that means it came back to me. I get it about Kingdom Hearts, which is nice. I do like Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Power Rangers. I think that's the thing. I think that's my defense for this, right? It's like, oh, I will simply make everything part of the brand. <laughs> so that way, I constantly get different things. And I think that works, because I'm not, like, overwhelmed by getting, like, Bionicle shit, but I am, like, I get, like, a little bit of everything from many different people. And I think that's better for me. Okay. I saw a TikTok the other day that was, like, uh, a guy said, like, basically, he's doing it as a conversation with himself because it's TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it ultimately came down to is like, wow, you had a video that went viral on TikTok. I hope you enjoyed it because now your entire presence on TikTok will be doing that same video three to four times a day. Uh-huh. 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 I saw that, too. <laughs> and it's it's weird that, like, TikTok was supposed to be a social app, I thought. But it has turned into media. Interesting to think of TikTok as a social app because I would have never thought of it as anything but an entertainment app. Like TikTok and YouTube are akin, but TikTok and Twitter are not in my head. I think that TikTok, I think that TikTok is closer to uh, like Snapchat as a media, as, as like a social media app Interesting. than it is to like Facebook. But I do think that those are on the same continuum. One second, I hear a crackling in the other room. I lit a fire earlier, and I just want to take a look at it because I'm a over-worried uh-huh. clown. I lit a fire like before we started recording and uh-huh. the log just now fully caught. I can feel the warmth. It's fucking wonderful. Hell yeah. Um, like again, you say Snapchat is a media app, which is like I know it has like Snapchat stories, but it's just like weird for me to like process it as that. Cause to me, it's like Snapchat is just like the thing I message p- pictures to my friends on. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But yeah. I do know that every time I go to look at their stories, there is like eight different pictures of people I don't know under that that I have to go like Block, 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 block. <laughs> yeah, like it's, 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 they're all promoted as media, but, or as like, mm-hmm. I, and then like, I feel like TikTok's kind of a bridge between like Snapchat to like YouTube, I guess. But mm-hmm. like, 
I don't know. It's weird as as the internet has progressed that it's just like we have to have a brand on social media. Like I know mm-hmm. someone on Twitter whose like entire thing is that like I don't know. It feels like they got a lot of followers on Twitter and then mm-hmm. their brain melted because of it. And now they <laughs> post like I don't know. You can tell mm-hmm. when someone is like posting something to try and go viral, you know? Uh-huh. God, yeah. You know, Lord knows I've done it. Godspeed. Let's, po- let's post a joke out in the ether and see if it, it catches. But mm-hmm. like, you kind of get the feeling that like every joke, that everything they post is an attempt to get viral. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's. It is. And maybe. Is there something about like. When we say parasocial relationship, we are trying to folk. We see it from the, 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 the not entertainers perspective. Like that's how we always view it. Is this a podcast instead about being the entertainer and like break, like understanding how you are. Like, just, like, coming to terms with the way that you interact with the internet. And, like, fully recognizing that and going, like, is this good or bad? Just, like, a podcast about the ways that we exist online? Ooh. On some level, I think we just reinvented Reply All. On some level, I think that we just fixed Reply All. So, well done. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We did it, gamers. We did no. it. Now, unfortunately, I'm pulling all aside. We didn't tell a joke, but hi ho. <laughs> Patreon.com slash the podcast minds.